0: section four of lightfoot the deer by thornton w burgess this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by jude summers section four lightfoot's clever trick the hunted watches the hunter and lightfoot visits paddy the beaver chapter ten lightfoot's clever trick lightfoot the deer is smart yes sir lightfoot the deer is smart he has to be especially in the hunting season to save his life if he were not smart he would have been killed long ago he never makes the foolish mistake of thinking that other people are not smart he knew that the hunter who had started out to follow him early that morning was not one to be easily discouraged or to be fooled by simple tricks he had a very great respect for the smartness of that hunter. He knew that he couldn't afford to be careless for one minute. The certainty of danger is sometimes easier to bear than the uncertainty of not knowing whether or not there really is any danger. Lightfoot felt that if he could know just where the hunter was, he himself would know better what to do. The hunter might have become discouraged and given up following him. In that case, he could rest and stop worrying. It would be better to know that he was being followed than not to know. But how was he to find out? Lightfoot kept turning this over and over in his mind as he traveled through the green forest. Then an idea came to him. "'I know what I'll do. I know just what I'll do,' said Lightfoot to himself. "'I'll find out whether or not that hunter is still following me, and I'll get a little rest.' "'Goodness knows, I need a rest.' Lightfoot bounded away swiftly and ran for some distance. Then he turned and quickly, but very, very quietly, returned in the direction from which he had just come, but just a little to one side of his old trail. After a while he saw what he was looking for, a pile of branches which woodchoppers had left when they had trimmed the trees they had cut down. This was near the top of a little hill, Lightfoot went up the hill and stopped behind the pile of brush. For a few moments he stood there perfectly still, looking and listening. Then, with a little sigh of relief, he lay down, where, without being in any danger of being seen himself, he could watch his old trail through the hollow at the bottom of the hill. If the hunter were still following him, he would pass through that hollow in plain sight. For a long time, Lightfoot rested comfortably behind the pile of brush. There was not a suspicious movement or a suspicious sound to show that danger was abroad in the green forest. He saw Mr. and Mrs. Grouse fly down across the hollow and disappear among the trees on the other side. He saw Unc Billy Possum looking over a hollow tree and guessed that Unc Billy was getting ready to go into winter quarters he saw jumper the hare squat down under a low-hanging branch of a hemlock tree and prepare to take a nap he heard drummer the woodpecker at work drilling after worms in a tree not far away little by little lightfoot grew easy in his mind it must be that the hunter had become discouraged and was no longer following him chapter eleven the hunted watches the hunter it was so quiet and peaceful, and altogether lovely there in the green forest, where Lightfoot the deer lay resting behind a pile of brush near the top of a little hill, that it didn't seem possible such a thing as sudden death could be anywhere near. It didn't seem possible that there could be any need for watchfulness. But Lightfoot the deer long ago had learned that often danger is nearest when it seems least to be expected. So, though he would have liked very much to have taken a nap, Lightfoot was too wise to do anything so foolish. He kept his beautiful, great, soft eyes fixed in the direction from which the hunter, with the terrible gun, would come, if he were still following that trail. He kept his great ears gently moving to catch every sound. Lightfoot had about decided that the hunter had given up hunting for that day, but he didn't let this keep him from being any the less watchful it was better to be over watchful than the least bit careless by and by lightfoot's keen ears caught the sound of the snapping of a little stick in the distance it was so faint a sound that you or i would have missed it altogether but lightfoot heard it and instantly he was doubly alert watching in the direction from which that faint sound had come after what seemed a long, long time, he saw something moving, and a moment later a man came into view. It was the hunter, and across one arm he carried the terrible gun. Lightfoot knew now that this hunter had patience and perseverance, and had not yet given up hope of getting near enough to shoot Lightfoot. He moved forward slowly, "'setting each foot down with the greatest care "'so as not to snap a stick or rustle the leaves. "'He was watching sharply ahead, "'ready to shoot should he catch a glimpse of Lightfoot within range. "'Right along through the hollow at the foot of the little hill "'below Lightfoot, the hunter passed. "'He was no longer studying the ground for Lightfoot's tracks "'because the ground was so hard and dry down there "'that Lightfoot had left no tracks.' He was simply hunting in the direction from which the merry little breezes were blowing, because he knew that Lightfoot had gone in that direction, and he also knew if Lightfoot were still ahead of him, his scent would not be carried to Lightfoot. He was doing what is called hunting up wind. Lightfoot kept perfectly still and watched the hunter disappear among the trees. Then he silently got to his feet, shook himself lightly, and noiselessly stole away over the hilltop towards another part of the green forest. He felt sure that that hunter would not find him again that day. Chapter 12. Lightfoot Visits Paddy the Beaver Deep in the green forest is the pond where lives Paddy the Beaver. It is Paddy's own pond, for he made it himself. He made it by building a dam across the Laughing Brook. When Lightfoot bounded away through the green forest, after watching the hunter pass through the hollow below him, he remembered Paddy's pond. That's where I'll go, thought Lightfoot. It is such a lonesome part of the green forest that I do not believe that hunter will come there. I'll just run over and make Paddy a friendly call. So Lightfoot bounded along deeper and deeper into the green forest. Presently, through the trees, he caught the gleam of water. It was Paddy's Pond. Lightfoot approached it cautiously. He felt sure he was rid of the hunter who had followed him so far that day, but he knew that there might be other hunters in the green forest. He knew that he couldn't afford to be careless for even one little minute. Lightfoot had lived long enough to know that most of the sad things and dreadful things that happen in the green forest and on the green meadows are due to carelessness no one who is hunted be he big or little can afford ever to be careless now lightfoot had known of hunters hiding near water hoping to shoot him when he came to drink that always seemed to lightfoot a dreadful thing an unfair thing but hunters had done it before and they might do it again so lightfoot was careful to approach paddy's pond upwind that is, "'he approached the side of the pond "'from which the merry little breezes were blowing towards him, "'and all the time he kept his nose working. "'He knew that if any hunters were hidden there, "'the merry little breezes would bring him their scent "'and thus warn him. "'He had almost reached the edge of Paddy's pond, "'when from the farther shore there came a sudden crash. "'It startled Lightfoot terribly for just an instant. "'Then he guessed what it meant. That crash was the falling of a tree. There wasn't enough wind to blow over even the most shaky dead tree. There had been no sound of axes, so he knew it could not have been chopped down by men. It must be that Paddy the beaver had cut it, and if Paddy had been working in daylight, it was certain that no one had been around that pond for a long time. So Lightfoot hurried forward eagerly, cautiously. When he reached the bank, he looked across towards where the sound of that falling tree had come from. A branch of a tree was moving along in the water, and half hidden by it was a brown head. It was Paddy the beaver, taking the branch to his food pile. End of section 4